Father, we come before your presence this morning. Lord, as the songwriter says, worthy is your name. And this morning, Lord, we stand as a congregation together to declare the goodness and the greatness of our God this morning. Lord, we thank you for bringing your people into your house. This is your house. These are your people. This is your pulpit. So I pray that, Lord, that you would speak to your people. I pray that, Lord, that you would touch them, oh, Father. You would transform them, oh, Father. Help them not lead the same way they came, oh, God. But give them a word this morning, oh, God. A word that will transform their situation and their lives, oh, God. We promise to give you the glory, honor, and praise. Lord, we pray against every critical spirit that tries to rise against itself in the name of Jesus. We rebuke it and cast it out. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, choir. This morning for our meditation, I would like to turn to the book of Genesis chapter 20. Genesis chapter 20 I'm going to read in the NLT version. I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Genesis chapter 50, verses 20. And I'm going to read in the NLT version. You intended to harm me, but God intended all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. This morning, I'd like to talk about the life of Joseph. And through the life of Joseph, I'd like to explain how the testings he went through set him up for his destiny. Now, you and I live in this world. And on this world, God has a purpose. God has a destiny that he wants each and every individual to fulfill. And so God allows us to go through testings, through storms, through tribulations in our lives to help us and teach us certain things so that we can get to our destiny. And so there is no other person that we can that is good to look at in the life of Joseph who went through a series of pits and prisons and testing to bring him to his destiny. And so this morning I want to give you a little bit background about Joseph before we get to chapter 50. I would like to turn your attention to Genesis chapter 37. And we're going, to const- we're going to start in Genesis chapter 37. Now, I'm going to give you a word of, uh, I'm going to just give you a, um, a, a thought today. Is that if you haven't read your Bible this week, I'm going to catch you up today. All right? So let's start with Genesis chapter 37. Genesis 37 talks about Joseph and to start, let me give you a little background about Joseph. Joseph's father was Jacob. Joseph was the 11th son of Jacob and Rachel. Joseph, Jacob had 
four wives, and the four wives produced him twelve sons. And those and um, and two of Joseph's brothers, Simon and Levi, were mass murderers. Joseph's older brother Reuben had sex with his father's wife. Joseph was loved by his father. In fact, the Bible says that Jacob loved Joseph more than the rest of his children. And so we see that Joseph, Jacob gave Joseph a coat, a coat of many colors, because of his love for him. And we see that the brothers despise Joseph. And so when he gets this coat, they despise him even more because a coat has a symbolic representation. The coat is representing the firstborn's gift upon Joseph. Now, mind you, Joseph is number 11. He's clearly not the firstborn. But his father gives him his coat and treats him like a firstborn. And also, Joseph gets a double portion of inheritance. Again, something that's designed for the firstborn. And so as we continue to read, Joseph grows up in this dynamic family. And so as Joseph grows up, the Bible says that he goes through a series of testing. And God teaches us certain things as we go through our testing period. In 2 Chronicles chapter 31, verse um, 32, verse 31, it says that God allows testing to go through us. Uh, God allows testing to us so we can see the, so he can see what's in our hearts. Now, God doesn't need to see what's in our hearts. He already knows what's in our hearts. But he wants us to understand what is in our hearts because our hearts are deceitful. It's wicked. And sometimes it can deceive us into thinking many things. So God allows testing. But there's other things also that God teaches us through testing. And in the life of Joseph, I want to start in Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37, I'm going to read from verse 23. I'm reading in the NLT. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful coat, robe he was wearing. If you look in the HCBSB version, it says they stripped him of his coat. So why is this important? Because Joseph held that coat in such high value. It showed his father's love. It showed his father's blessing. It showed his father's covering. And so he was, he had, the, the coat was very high value to him. It had much, uh, um, it, it had much um, representation of his love from his father. And when God allows us to go through testings, he strips us of things that we hold in high value. And there are times in our life when things come that, uh, supersede in our priority list that God doesn't become first. 
he becomes second or third or fourth. And so when we go through those situations, God allows certain testings to come to us so that he can strip us of things that are high value for us. So he starts to develop us. He starts to work on our character. He starts to identify sins in our life. He starts to change our behavior. All this while, he go, while we go through the testings or the prison and pit experiences of our life. The next thing they say is that they take Joseph and put him in a pit and the pit was empty. Now, a pit is something that you cannot get out of. And in that pit, again, God begins to develop you. God begins to take things out of your life. He begins, he begins to speak to you. Genesis 37, verse 28. So when the Ishmaelites, who were the Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brother pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver, and the traders took him to Egypt. Another thing that God allows when we go through his testings, he repositions us. You see, in Genesis chapter 50, we see that Joseph is in Egypt. And when I read the verse, it says, God brought me here. Hold on for a second. The brothers sold him. The brothers sold him to Ishmaelites, and the Ishmaelites bring him to Egypt. But Joseph realizes that it wasn't the Ishmaelites that brought him to Egypt. It wasn't his brothers that sold him that brought him to Egypt. He realized that God brought him to Egypt because he had destiny there that God needed to use him for his work in Egypt. So when God repositions us, it's to bring us to the place where he has destined for us. Are you being repositioned in your trustings? Are you being repositioned as you go through your prison and pit experiences? Let me read, continue reading. Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39, we see this. The Lord was with Joseph. I'm going to stop there. The Lord was with Joseph. God allows us to go through testings so he can train us. Train us for what? Train us to cultivate a relationship with God. So you see, the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph. As you read the life of Joseph, you will see different passages, different situations that it says the Lord was with Joseph, the Lord is with you when you begin to develop a relationship with him. As you seek him, he begins to draw nigh to you. And so Joseph realized that he needs to have a relationship with him. And so what happens? The Lord was with him. Where was he? He was a slave in Egypt. He was not second in command. He was a slave, and the Bible says the Lord was with him. 
You see, many people today want God to speak to us in our trials, but we don't want to spend time with God before our trials so he can speak to us through our trials. But we want God to speak to us in our trials. Well, that cannot happen unless you cultivate a relationship before the trial. And so Joseph was being trained by God to cultivate a relationship with God. Let me move on. Continuing from that same verse, Genesis 39, verse 2, it says, The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did. I want to stop right there. He succeeded in everything he did. Again, Joseph is a slave. Through his pit and prison and slave experiences, he experiences success. How many of us experience success as we're going through our pit experiences? How many of us experience success as God begins to test us? Why? Because the Bible says the Lord was with him. It was not because Joseph knew some great contacts. It was not because that Joseph knew the people around him that could bring him to that situation. It was not because of Joseph's name and it was not because of Joseph's bank account. The reason he was successful because he knew the Lord or the Lord was with him. Are you successful in your prison and pit experiences? I can't stay there. I have to move on. Let me move on. Let me continue reading from that verse. Genesis 39 verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he, what? What does it say in your Bible? What does it say in your Bible? As he what? As he what? Oh, it doesn't say anything, but let me tell you what it says in my Bible. It says, as he served. So I want to ask the church a question today. Is your prison and pit experiences causing you to serve? Why? Why serve? Joseph, you are a slave. There's nothing good happening in your life. But God says, no. As you serve, you will be successful. Amen. So I want to ask the church a question. Are you serving today? Amen. How many of us are serving in at least one ministry? Think about that. How many of us? We are very fortunate in Cornerstone to have many ministries. And we have opportunities in all our ministries to have help or we need help in each one of our ministries. The Sunday school ministry is looking for teachers and volunteers. The children's church ministry is looking for teachers and volunteers. The Awana ministry is looking for teachers and volunteers. Small groups is looking for hosts to run the group. Nursery is looking for volunteers. The list goes on and on and on. There are many mysteries. Are you willing to serve? Are you willing to serve? 
the, the biggest excuse I get or I hear and we're asked, when I ask individuals to serve is, well, I can't serve because I have to take care of my family. Yes, you're right. God wants you to take care of your family. That's important. But there is a reason why God wants us to serve. And I want to go to the next point. Genesis 39. I'm sorry. Genesis 39, verses 3 and 4. Genesis 39, verse 3 and 4. I'll read it. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant, and he put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. Why do we serve? Because God needs to develop our skills. We serve because there are skills that God needs to develop in our life. Why? Why is those skills important? Because in order for God to take you to your destiny, he has to develop some skills while you're in Potiphar's house to make you successful so when you become second in command of Egypt, you have already mastered those skills that God has developed or given to you. So my question again is, are you serving? Are you be, is God developing skills in your life that was going to benefit you when you reach your destiny? Like I said, people say, well, I got to take care of my family. Well, you know what? How's the family developing your skills to get to your destiny? Let me move on. I don't, my time is running out. So what skills did Joseph learn in Potiphar's house? I think that's important. What skills did Joseph learn? He was second in command in Potiphar's house. Everything in Potiphar's house it was going through Joseph, and Joseph was controlling everything. So what did he pick up? He picked up management skills. He picked up supply chain skills. He picked up business strategy skills. He picked up leadership skills. He picked up customer service skills. He picks up HR skills. Why? Why was those skills important? Because God had a destiny that he was going to be second in command in Egypt. And he couldn't develop those skills at that time. So he had to come over here in Potiphar's house to learn and develop those skills. Let me move on. What else did Joseph learn? Genesis 39, verses 6 to 10. Genesis 39, verses 6 to 10. And Joseph was very handsome and well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in this entire household. Not one, no one here has more authority than I do. He has held nothing back from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. She kept 
putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. What is the next thing we learn? The next thing we learn is God sets boundaries around us. Or God places boundaries around us. You see, the Bible says that Joseph was very handsome and well-built. Two good qualities that men look to have. And the Bible says that she, who, Mrs. Potiphar, said to Joseph, come sleep with me. This was not a subtle woman. And so she comes every single day. This is not just one time. She comes every single day to tempt Joseph. But I want you to see Joseph's response back to Sister Potiphar. He says to her in verse 8, But Joseph refused. Look, he tells her, my master trusts me with everything in this house. No one has more authority than me in this house. So he has the master's trust and he has a master's authority. He has held nothing back from me except, I want you to circle that word, except. Except you. I have the authority. I have the trust. But I understand that God has placed boundaries around me to protect me. So, are your prison and pit experiences teaching you where your boundaries are? You see, as... as individuals who live in this world. Sometimes we might move certain things. We might move boundaries that God or our parents have set in our lives. Sometimes we might even cross those boundaries or we might just wipe those boundary lines away. But Joseph did not do that. Joseph understood that God placed a boundary around him to protect him. So he said, listen, even though I have the trust of my master, even though I have the authority of my master, however, he says, accept. Accept. There are some exceptions that we need to understand that God has placed in our life to protect us. Accept. Let me keep going. I gotta get to Genesis 50. I've been only at 39. The next portion we read is Genesis chapter 40. And I'm not gonna elaborate on this because my time is running out. But I just wanna give you certain nuggets here. We see that in the beginning, Joseph was a dreamer. But when we come to Genesis chapter 40, there is something else that begins to happen. The gifts that Joseph had, which was a dreamer, now begins to mature and his gifting start to come out. What is a gifting? He starts to interpret dreams. So my question to you this morning is, while you're going through your pit and prison experiences, are your giftings being matured? Are your giftings being matured? 
You see, God gave him an opportunity in front of the baker and the cupbearer for the giftings in his life to mature because he has to stand in front of Pharaoh to make sure the destiny that God has for him is already being able to translate the dreams that Pharaoh had. But he couldn't do that if he didn't develop those giftings when he was at the baker and the cupbearer's presence. Are your giftings being matured? Let me go. Let me keep going. Genesis chapter 50. In Genesis chapter 50, the background is this. Joseph's father has passed away. And Joseph's brothers are worried. They are worried that Joseph is going to hold a grudge against them. And so they come to Joseph. And Genesis chapter 50 verse 20 is Joseph's response to them. I'm going to read it one more time. You intended to harm me. But God intended it for good. On our road to destiny, there are times when men can do evil against us. But our God is able to turn those evil things into good. Joseph came to the realization, listen, it wasn't my brothers, it wasn't the Ishmaelites, it wasn't anybody else but God who brought me here. And God turned the situation that was evil against me to good. Let me go on. Let me go on. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position. It wasn't anybody that brought me here. It wasn't my brothers. It wasn't the Ishmaelites. God brought me here to this position. Let me keep moving. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. You brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many. You know when you reach your destiny when it's not all about you. It's not about, Lord, bless me, Lord, prosper me, Lord, nourish me, Lord, take care of my family, Lord, provide for me and my family. It's not all about me, myself, and I. You know you reached your destiny when you have saved many. It's not about just you. What are you doing to save many? In Genesis chapter 22, this is my last verse. Genesis chapter 22, verses 17 and 18. I'm going to read it. Before I read it, let me just give you a quick background of what, what, what the situation is. Abraham had just offered, have just, was offering up Isaac, and God told him to stop. And this is the angel of the Lord. This is God. This is the Lord talking to Abraham. I will certainly bless you. 
I will multiply your descendants beyond number, like the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies, and those, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. I just want to concentrate on one portion of that. All the nations of the earth will be blessed. You see, way back in the time of Abraham, God had a desire to bless the nations. How is he going to do that? How is he going to bless the nations? He was using the descendants of Abraham to bless the nations. So my question to you is, how are you blessing the nations? Are you the hands of Jesus? Are you the feet of Jesus? Are you the eyes of Jesus? Are you the ears of Jesus? Are you the mouth of Jesus? How are you blessing the nations? God wants us to bless the nations. He wants to save many. And so God allows us to go through testings, to develop us, to train us, to help us to understand that we need to serve, to help us develop our skills, to help us to understand our borders, and to reposition us for our destiny. And last but not least, he wants us to understand that we need to save many. May God bless you with these words.